John, chapter 1, verse 29, the next day, John the Baptist sees Jesus coming unto him and says, Behold the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I've said. After me comes a man which is preferred before me, for he was before me. And John the Baptist was six months older than Jesus, but yet John the Baptist is saying, this man came way before I did. And that's so true. He is of the triune Godhead. He is God the Son. He has always been. And he steps into uh, history, into humanity, and lived 33 and a half years of perfection, and then died upon the cross, and three days later, rose again. And Jesus, or John said, I knew him not. Before I got this, but I did not know that. I didn't realize that. But that he should be made known to Israel, therefore am I come baptizing with water. And John bare record saying, I saw the Holy Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it abode upon Jesus. And I knew him not. I didn't realize who he was. But he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same as he which baptizes with the Holy Spirit. Or as my grandma, whoever's sitting beside her, she's nudging him right now saying, Holy Ghost. <laughs> she's got this need of wanting to correct me all the time. <laughs> I preached one time and mentioned the word sex, and, and Grandma, whoever was sitting beside her, Grandma looks over at her and says, he's going to lose business. He keeps talking like that. <laughs> is she here today? Yeah, she is sitting right back there. <laughs> and I saw him bear record. That this is the Son of God. Again, the next day after John stood and two of his disciples and looking upon Jesus as he walked, John said, Behold, the Lamb of God. Father, take the words that we will speak here this morning, and I'm believing, God, there's going to be exactly what the church needs today. In Jesus' name, give us strength to be able to do and accomplish what you've called us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Some of these I might have mentioned, I don't know, but if I did, so be it. Let me start with this. There's a man that goes to the Orchardville branch that right after he graduated from high school, uh, he shot 100 free throws without missing a free throw. And that would be the man that played the keyboard today, Gene Fuller. Yeah. Hey, didn't know that, did you? Wow. He's sitting back there going, that's right. That's right. Uh, there was a man that attends the Centralia branch in college. He shot 994 out of 1,000 on free throws. That was Mike Bookout. 
Book out also for 25, 30 years held a track record over, you say track record, I said a track record <laughs> running that stood at Salem Wildcats for a whole, for decades and decades and recently was broke, I think, four or five years ago. Um, we were somewhere and I'd made mention about uh, book out shooting 994 out of 1,000 and I think it was Emily Bear. Uh, she heard that and she just, I mean, she just, her mouth opened up and just, because <gasps> she plays basketball and she knows what the accomplishment that'd be. And uh, Dave Orr says, oh, well, big deal, he missed six. <laughs> There's a man that attends the Centralia branch who was a male model, Bob Wiedemann. Uh, there's a guy that goes to the Fairfield branch. Uh, he was born blind in his left eye, and he has a glass eye. And this is, you know, I did not know that, but if you've known Bigger Staff for two minutes, you know that. <laughs> because he'll take his eye out and put his eye on your shoulder and said, I got my eye on you. So that's kind of, I did not know that. Everybody, yeah, I already knew that. <laughs> um, Orchardville Branch, there was a woman who went to underground churches in Budapest, Hungary, as part of a missionary trip. Also, she ate lunch with monks in Paris. That was Carla Powell. Um, Fairfield Branch. When I was in high school, I was sent to the office numerous times, but in one particular, um, I was there, and the window was where people could see from the outside in, and there were 60 or 70 kids outside in the front, and they were all shouting, we want ski, set him free, we want ski, set him free. It was almost like a riot-type atmosphere. For just a moment, I had the feeling of what it must have been like to be Nelson Mandela. And that was Mike Sizzlekowski. <laughs> uh, this couple, the, the woman to be married, uh, she had been in a car wreck the week before, and she had a cast on her leg and had crutches, and she was married that way, and that would have been Jenny Kuntz, and I know about that because I performed the ceremony. <laughs> Uh, another one, I worked on the SS Stark in Jacksonville, Florida. That would have been Kenny Sessions that attends this Orchardville branch. Um, Centralia branch here. When I was 19, I was a lifeguard at a local pool. Someone decided to have a pretty leg contest. Both male and female lifeguards lined up in a row uh, to have their pictures taken from the thighs down, and I won. And that was Steve Hatch. From the Orchardville branch, there's a woman that's had three poems published. That's Sandy Webb. Uh, Centralia branch, there's a man that chases storms and tornadoes when he's not working as a paramedic. He's done this for 12 years. That's Tim Moore. Um, I was in the circus for three years. Centralia branch, Rich Smeltzer. Um, yeah, I, yeah, this is pretty... In I worked 30 years in a factory environment, then returned to school. 
graduated Midwest Seminary with a master's degree in Bible theology at the age of 57, then went back to the community college to graduate in 2005 with an associate's degree in business administration and a certificate in business supervision in 2005 at the age of 59, maintained a high honor roll throughout, never too old or too late for the desires of your heart to be met. Uh, Linda Dunn from the Centralia branch. Uh, I brought 68 foreign exchange students to America. 14 of them gave their life to Christ. Four of them were baptized. I give all the glory to God. Carol Zanton, Centralia branch. Uh, Dallas Dury, Orchardville branch. I don't have a belly button. I think you ought to get up here and prove that one. <laughs> How does that work? You not have a belly button. How? I don't know about that. I mean, Adam and Eve and Dallas Dury did not have a belly button. Wow. Who knew? And you got to know this person. And man, uh, I bet you don't know why on a high school trip to Spain, I took a ferry boat to Africa without my parents knowing. Vadon Stroud. <laughs> and what I got to say about that is, you reap what you sow. <laughs> so one of these days. Uh, in less than two years of swimming, I've earned 107 ribbons, 44 medals, 18 trophies, two plaques for highest uh, points of the season, broke six records, and a swam with Olympian gold medalist Tyler McGill. That would be anybody? Jaron Stroud, Orchardville Branch. How old is Jaron? Second grade? Third grade? Wow. Um, Pastor Mark, did you know that I've been married 48 years, but I've only had 17 birthdays? Yeah, his birthday's February 29th, 1944, and that would be Jerry Shell. Yeah. What was that in here? Makes you the older woman, okay. Uh, I did not know that, and listen to this, in a tournament, I once bowled eight strikes in a row. Kitty Mooney. <laughs> I always told my kids I bowled 301, and Josh said, like, you can't bowl 301, 300. I said, well, you can't bowl 300 and lose. <laughs> oh, I gave my heart to Jesus on board the USS Ranger off the coast of Vietnam. Anybody know who that is? Fred Mooney. You've heard his testimony. Um, this couple honeymooned in Ireland. Jason and Ellen Byers. So a lot of, I did not know that. And in John chapter 129, what will John the Baptist say? Behold. Because a lot of people didn't realize it. But he was in on something. And he said, behold, the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. 
He did not say, he did not say, behold, the king of kings, or behold, the Lord of lords. He said, behold, the Lamb of God. And every Jewish person immediately knew what he was talking about, because what you did with the Lamb, you sacrificed it. And they knew that he was talking about the blood. From the Garden of Eden to the Garden of Gethsemane, it was about the blood. From Adam until Abraham was 2,000 years. It was about the blood during that length of time. From Abraham to Jesus was 2,000 years. It was about the blood. From Jesus to you and I is 2,000 years. It's about the blood. I saw something yesterday, and I don't know if I'd even recommend, I mean, you can watch it, it's two and a half hours long, it took me a while to get through it, I'd stopped and did different things, but uh, I watched the Creation Museum, the debate that they had with Bill Nye, the science guy, and Ken Ham, and I just cannot shake how unsettling I feel, and are still feeling, toward Bill Nye. Because after viewing that, it was like, what is God going to have to do to get that man's attention? Because what his God is, is his own intelligentsia. It's my own thinking. It's my own, bra it's my own brain power. And it's not about someone's brain power. It's not about someone's money. It's not about someone's good looks or about someone's talent. It is about the blood of Jesus Christ. I feel sorry for that man. I watched subsequent uh, interviews that he gave the day after and the day after that. And basically he made fun of the Creation Museum and Ken Ham. And again, it was he was so smart and everybody else is not. That's too bad. Because one day that man's going to be in for a rude awakening. Because on one interview he said, when you die, that's it. There's nothing else. He's going to get a real rude awakening. From Mount Moriah with Abraham and Isaac all the way to Mount Calvary, it was still about the blood. The blood was to be shed, never to be spilt and wasted. When you spill the milk, you've wasted the milk. The blood was not spilled. It was shed for the forgiveness of all. In Romans chapter 5, being justified by his blood. How many knows what justified means? You've heard me say this before. Justified is just if I'd never sinned. And only God can do that. Because it's got to be declared. It's got to be pronounced. And God's the only one big enough to pronounce that. God's the only one big enough to take the gavel of justice and to slam that down and say, I pronounce this man free as charged. He is no longer guilty. I justify him just if I never sinned. Every filthy sin I've ever done, God said, you've not done that. I cleanse that from you. That's why Paul could go and talk before people that he had his, that their own family members, he had had them tortured and killed. And Paul with no guilt 
in his life, he was able to stand before them and pronounce the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it was just if I'd never done those things. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunge beneath the flood lose all their guilty stains. Why is that? Because it's about the blood. The dying thief rejoiced to see that fountain in his day. And there may I, though vile as he, wash all my sins away. How? But of Jesus. And some people don't know that. I think a lot of people in America, they've got the idea that it's Santa Claus time. As long as I do, I'm not, as long as I'm good and not naughty and, and I'm nice, that God will reward me one day and I'll be able to go to heaven. Not so. God will be indebted to no man. Oh, I've worked hard enough to get to heaven and got, to, oh, well, then come right on in. That'll never happen. That'll never happen. Only through the blood of his son. Colossians 1.20, we have peace through doing good works. We know that's not true. We have peace through the blood of the cross. The only way. And here's, what, here's the problem in America. We've heard this message so much that it's just like, well, yeah. I never manipulate the audience. I just feel it's underhanded and I don't do it. But I'll take that back. I did that one time. We was over in this other building where the kids' ministries held. I told a story about a good friend of mine that went fishing, and he had his dog with him. And he'd drink a few, and that dog would bark and be upset and want to go back home and yap and bark. And the guy, he'd drink a few more beers, and he'd scream at the dog to be still. And, and finally, he took a hatchet, and he grabbed that dog's paw, and he just chopped that paw off of that dog. And everybody in the crowd was like, I'd say he drank a few more beers, and he just lost his sense of right and wrong, and that dog was whimpering and crying and bleeding, and he'd grab the other paw, and he chopped another paw off. And you could just, you know, people was just, people were just beside him, so I can't believe that. Mark had a friend that did that. I said, then he took the dog, and he just threw it over the side, and it drowned. And then I said, that never happened. I made all that up. But I could tell you about the crucifixion of Jesus and never get that kind of response. But it's because we've heard that and heard that and heard that and heard that. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness for sin. The blood of Jesus is in heaven. How many knew that? Right now, it's in heaven. The blood of Jesus is in heaven. The blood of Jesus, for when Jesus died as, my, as, as a lamb to the slaughter, he died as my sacrifice. When Jesus rose again from the dead, he rose again as the great high priest. And what the great high priest done on the day of atonement, he would take the blood with a long, like a cotton swab type thing, uh, hyssop, 
and he would put that in the blood, he would then walk behind the veil into the Holy of Holies where the Ark of the Covenant was and the mercy seat, and he sprinkled the blood upon the Ark of the Covenant, particularly the mercy seat. And then he walked back out, and when he walked back out, he said, it is finished. And all of Israel, with shouts of excitement and joy, knowing that God has forgiven our sin for another year, But guess what? From the time that that man, that great high priest, got up that day until he took that hyssop and dipped that in the blood and then went beyond the veil and sprinkled that upon the Ark of the Covenant, no human contact could happen to him. None. His wife couldn't pat him on the hand. His kids couldn't come around him and, 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 and give him a hug. None. No human contact. That's why when Jesus rose from the dead, he had not yet sprinkled his blood. Because what does Mary Magdalene want to do with Jesus? She wants to reach out and hug him. And he said, touch me not. Why? He's the great high priest right then and there. And then we see in the, later on in the scriptures where he is gathered together with the disciples and he literally commands Thomas to touch him. Something's happened in the interval. And what has happened, Jesus has taken his blood and he has appeared before all of the, the, the thrones of heaven and the Father himself and he has went beyond the veil and where the original Ark of the Covenant is still at in heaven, Jesus took his blood and he sprinkled it upon the Ark. What did he use? The Bible tells us in Revelation that his vesture had been dipped in blood. That's what he used. The very robe, the very vestment that he had upon him, he reached over and put it in his own blood and sprinkled it upon the Ark of the Covenant. Hey, preacher, I did not know that. Well, it's good to learn things. Good to learn things. Jesus had ascended. His blood had been sprinkled. Why? Because it's about the blood. Soon the Lord Jesus will return for his church, and there will be a marriage supper of the Lamb. I'm always in for a big feast. I won't want to miss that one. But watch what it's not called. It's not called the marriage supper of the Lord, or the marriage supper of the King, or the marriage supper of the Conqueror. It's the marriage supper of the Lamb. Why? It's all about the blood. 144,000 Jewish men will be born again during tribulation time. Each one of them will be like a firebrand from God. They'll be like a, a, an apostle Paul preaching the gospel to the ends of the earth. And the Bible does say that there will be people saved from every kindred, tongue, and nation. And there are people who tell me, preacher, that's when I'm going to get saved. And my answer back to you is, no, it's not. No, it's not. I'm going to give you some scripture on this because I think it's worth you knowing about. 
2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Verse 10, because they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved, right here, the love of the truth of the gospel of God, they received it not the very thing that could save them. You've heard, you've heard, you've heard, you've heard, you've heard, and many have not received. Many in North America have heard and heard and heard to where it's just a, like a rain shed, watershed off of them to where it just means nothing anymore. The love of the, the truth, they received it not that they might be saved, and for this cause God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. Those people will, in the tribulation period, will, be, will believe a lie that will come from hell and be damned. Preacher, how could that be? Every, every presidential election, I'd say particularly the last one, people believed the lie. If you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor as a lie. And the facts has come out. He knew that ahead of time. That was not true. And if people can be deceived on that, don't tell me that we're so wise we can't be deceived on something else. So if you think in your mind that I'll get saved in the tribulation period, my answer back to you is you won't. You'll be deceived. The safe play and the safe bet is to be saved right now. And I don't believe that this is so difficult that only the, the smart people get it. I believe God put this on the lower shelf where everybody can get it. You're without excuse. Oh, well, Mark just didn't make it plain enough. No, it won't be about me that day. It'll be about you. It'll be about you. Revelation 17. These are they that have washed their robes and made them white by the blood of the Lamb. Why? Because it's about the blood. Revelation 5. Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power, riches, wisdom, strength, honor, glory, and blessing. Why? It's about the blood. Revelation 19, 13, Jesus was clothed in a vesture dipped in blood. Why? It's about the blood. Revelation 21, 9, I will show you the bride, the lamb's wife. Why? It's about the blood. The Garden of Eden, the tabernacle, the temple, the great high priest, Calvary, the rapture, the marriage supper, heaven itself, it's all about the blood. And there's a book in heaven that everyone who's ever been saved is in that book. And it's not called the King's Book of Life. And it's not called the Lord's Book of Life. And it's not called the Creator's Book of Life. It's called the Lamb's Book of Life. Because it's all about the blood. The Lamb of God slain before the foundation of the world. Thank God. That was not a quick fix. That was not God taken unaware, oh my gosh, what will I do? Before mankind was ever here, before this world was ever here, 
Jesus Christ in the mind of God had already been crucified because he knew that man would fail. I did not know that. You know it now. That's why preaching is important. That's why you hearing preaching is important. It's where you can become aware of things. There may be today is the very first time you've really been aware knowing that Jesus Christ died for me because it's about the blood. The blood's important. I don't want this to happen to anybody, but if sometime this week you cut your finger, you won't say, well, I'll be there, you know, blood, well, yeah, well, whatever. No, if it's bad enough, you're going to make sure that, that thing gets, that blood gets stopped in a hurry because that's your life flowing out of you because the life of the flesh is in the blood and that's precious to you. And the most precious thing in all of the universe is the blood of God's Son. Stand. Father, I've delivered my soul this day. This message is not mine. This message is now this congregation. They have heard. I pray, God, they have joyfully received. And I pray, God, that if there's people here Without Jesus as Savior in their life, you make that known to them, and today they do something about that. For Lord, all we do, we supply the sinner. You supplied the Savior 2,000 years ago. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. These are they that have washed their robes, and they're white by the blood of the Lamb. The greatest cleansing agent in all the world is not tied. It's the blood of Jesus Christ that washes us clean and white as snow. Touch every heart. In your name, Lord Jesus, we're praying. Amen. He was pierced for our transgressions and crushed for our sins. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him by his wounds by his wounds we are here he was pierced for our transgressions and crushed for our sins the punishment that brought us peace was upon him by his wounds, by his wounds we are healed. We are healed by your sacrifice in the life that you gave. We are Your grace, we are saved. We are saved. He was pierced for our transgressions and crushed for our sins. 
It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.